0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we're going to talk with uh, Megan Owens, who's the Executive Director of Transit Riders United, about the current arguments about a transit uh, referendum, whether we're going to have one this year, and the role that our suburban leaders like Brooks Patterson and Mark hackle play in stopping us from getting mass transit. We've seen in the last week or so an extraordinary display of obstinance from Brooks Patterson in particular. That's not new. Uh, Megan Owens will help put that in context in terms of the long-term debate that we have been having over getting better transit in the area. So you don't want to stay tuned for that about 45 past the hour. Uh, Up front, uh, when we think of grand military parades in a modern context, the images that immediately come to mind are ones of oppressive regimes. We think of North Korea, we think of China, and of course, of the former Soviet Union. But now, Donald Trump says he wants a grand military parade down the streets of Washington, D.C., but what would something like that accomplish what's the purpose of rolling 30-ton tanks down Pennsylvania Avenue for instance when we look at those examples in other parts of the world and examples throughout history of military parades what do they tell us about the mindset and goals of our current president. That is where we want to start the conversation today. And as always, on the phones, 313-577-1019 if you want to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Tell us what you think of this idea of a military parade. Is this something the president is serious about? Is this something that you would welcome as a show of American military might? Or do you think it's mimicking the weakness of oppressive regimes around the planet? And joining us to help put all of that in context is Scott Shane. He is the Washington, D.C.-based national security reporter, the New York Times. He was the Moscow correspondent for the Baltimore Sun from 1988 to 91 and wrote a book on the Soviet collapse. Scott, welcome to Detroit Today. Stephen, happy to be with you. Yes, good to hear your voice. Uh, So uh, I should also disclose again uh, that uh, Scott and I worked together at the Baltimore Sun uh, in the late 1990s, early 2000s, and sat near each other uh, in the newsroom there. And I can remember talking to you about uh, uh, the things you saw and learned when you were the Russia, uh, the Moscow correspondent for for that newspaper. I don't know that we ever talked about parades uh, and <laughs> uh, and the sort of penchant of uh, Russian oligarch or Russian uh, premiers to to want to wanna do that. Uh, talk about what that what that looked like, what that felt like, and the the real question I have is why they did it. Was it to impress? Uh, people in other countries or intimidate people in other countries, or was it to intimidate Russians, uh, keep them in line, and that sort of thing?
1: Well, all great questions. I mean, you, you know, by the time I was there, the tradition was coming under some pressure. But um, historically, you know, it was really kind of a show of force and a show of unity. And uh, you know, part of it was it was a very closed regime, of course, a very secretive regime. And so you had the parade, thousands of soldiers marching, uh, tanks, missiles on, um, you know, missile launchers, um, all kinds of military hardware uh, sort of parading across in front, uh, across Red Square in front of Lenin's tomb. And then sort of the key to it for... Kremlin Watchers was the lineup of Politburo members, the leaders of the Communist Party, the leaders of the country, uh, on top of lenin 's tomb, which, as people know is sort of a one story stone you know marble structure
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, on Red square, so they would line up there, and people would literally foreign correspondents would literally you know sort of eyeball them to see what order they were standing in and who was jostling whom for a prominent position and try to figure out what the heck was going on in the country. But the, you know, I caught a few of those parades and I have to say at one level they were quite stirring. I mean, it's just impressive to have that many. I remember particularly the soldiers would march with their heads uh, not straight ahead, but tilted to one side, you know, looking basically at the leadership on Lenin's tomb. And w- with their heads completely rigid and exactly the same angle, hmm. hundreds and hundreds of soldiers. It's very, you know, it's it's just stirring. It's impressive. And ditto for the military hardware, uh, although by the time I was there, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev was the leader he was talking about perestroika and mm-hmm. glasnost and new thinking and was actually trying to, you know, essentially trying to save the regime, which was fairly bankrupt. And he realized that one of the things they needed to do was stop <laughs> propping up communist regimes in Eastern Europe and stop spending so much on the military. Yeah. So they downplayed the military side of it. But I think the, you know, what, when I think about this in an American context, you know, sometimes those Soviet parades were simply, um, you, you know, a, a sort of generic show of force and patriotism. But many of them, big ones, took place on May 9th. Which was Victory Day, mm-hmm. uh, and it was to mark the end of World War II and the Soviet victory in in World War II. And this is a country that lost twenty seven million people, wow. just incomparably greater losses than any other country. So everybody in Russia and even in the larger Soviet Union had lost, you know, grandfathers uncles great uncles and so it was a very personal thing in that sense, and to mark that victory was was something uh, a little bit different. but I think the you know, you know if, if we talk about what was the purpose, I think the uh, looking back on it certainly, first of all, it was a totalitarian regime mm-hmm. um, This was not a spontaneous um, so, sort of expression of patriotism on the part of the people, to put it mildly. And certainly in retrospect, I think it was obvious at the time, but certainly in retrospect, it's obvious that those parades were not a show of strength or a sign of strength, but really were a sign of weakness and insecurity right. masquerading as strength.
0: Yeah. Did the Russians uh, and, and the, Soviet, uh, uh, the, the Soviet Union sort of pioneer this idea of, of, of military parades, or is that something they got from someone else?
1: You know, I don't I I doubt if they were the first, but I think they were the ones who I think the Soviet regime was really the one the the regime that popularized this notion of not only having a bunch of soldiers march but rolling by a lot of hardware, right. which of course these days North Korea um <laughs> is is sort of the the master of and the specialist in and and that underscores this point that uh I mean North Korea is a small, very poor, uh, totalitarian country, again, you you know, parades are, are, I guess, what they do best.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Scott Shane. He's a Washington, D.C.-based national security reporter for The New York Times. He was the Moscow correspondent for The Baltimore Sun from 1988 to 1991 and wrote a book, On the Soviet collapse, we're talking about the idea of military parades, something that used to happen in the Soviet Union. But Donald Trump, our president, says he wants to do a similar kind of display here in America, would be the first such kind of. Uh, exhibition here in in this country. What do you think of that idea? What do you think of the idea of a military parade? What do you think of the idea of us mimicking uh, other sort of uh, strongman regimes around the planet that have done this sort of thing? Uh, what's the thing that uh, President Trump thinks he will achieve? by doing that. Uh if you want to join the conversation, 3135771019 is the number on the phone, so it's 3135771019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit today. We'll work you into the conversation. Uh, let's go to Peter in Bloomfield Hills. Peter, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning. Hey. Go ahead.
2: Uh I'm Former active duty Navy submariner myself, current reservist, and in a recent poll I just participated in just this past weekend, 89% of those Navy sailors polled thought that this parade is a ridiculous idea,
3: hmm.
2: and everyone would rather see. Um, if anyone has, if there has to be a parade, then sh- parade those who serve in Afghanistan and Iraq, and show those who are worthy of the the benefits that they so deserve. Where money could be better spent,
0: right? Right. Uh, Peter, that's a great, uh, that's a great perspective. I'm glad you called and added it to the conversation. Uh, Scott Shane, of course, we have had parades in this country that feature soldiers, uh, primarily at the end of wars. Uh, uh, I, I get the sense that this, this is something distinct from that, both in the minds of the, the people who, who put them on, um, uh, but also in the minds of those who, who see them.
1: Yes, I mean I I think you know we we should probably emphasize that this was is not at this point a sort of formal plan with a date <laughs> right. attached it was just uh something the president floated uh and I think that um Jim Mattis the defense secretary said you know they would take it under advisement and <laughs> and think about some options so I mean I think one of the things that the caller underscores is we have now been at war uh you know longer mm-hmm. than at any other point in our history but neither in iraq uh or afghanistan nor afghanistan you, you know can we say mission accomplished job well done um you know won't have to worry about that anymore uh in fact these wars uh have gone on and on year after year Without any kind of clear cut outcome, which I think is one of the reasons that President Trump's suggestion is getting a fairly cool reception uh- y- including in the military right. as as the caller suggested, you know one thing that occurs to me when I think about Soviet uh um, propaganda and Soviet parades that may ha- that that unf- unfortunately has a sort of curious echo these days in the states. Uh, I remember the first time I went to Russia was um, right after I graduated from college, and I went to what was then Leningrad, now St. Petersburg, to study uh, Russian for the summer. And right outside our dormitory in downtown Leningrad was a sign, a giant banner that had, or sort of a billboard that had the, the slogan of the... Five-year plan that was then in effect, and the and the slogan was quality and efficiency. Mm-hmm. Huh. But the uh, Russian letter S, which looks like a C, had come loose from the word quality. It, they were they were like plastic uh, plastic letters on a billboard, and the that uh, that letter hung was just barely hanging on, hanging below the rest of the word, and it stayed that way all summer no one bothered <laughs> to get a ladder and put it back up so it was it sort of was a symbol in my mind um of the huge chasm right. between the propaganda on the one hand and reality on the other and i think you know it it's it's a little disturbing to think about the same phenomenon in american life and american government now um, w- w- with the president you know having this this well documented habit of of stating things like the largest tax cut in history even after you know hundreds and hundreds of, of news organizations have <laughs> gone back and done but the research and said, right. well actually it's not
0: <laughs> <laughs> right right uh, again 3135771019 is the number on the phones. lots of folks here want to chime in on this issue. Bob in Dearborn Heights, you're up next on Detroit Today. You there, Bob? Yes, hello. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, I am here. Yes. You probably uh, should turn your radio uh, down, Bob. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
3: Okay. Uh, what I'm co- I'd like to comment on the fact that this is not on, uh, I agree with Peter that this is a ridiculous idea, because military in general is an expense on the society and it's a show of pride and force. And that force Mm -hmm. uh, is is really showing the pride of the the leaders and really does not serve the society whatsoever except in the pride. One. Mm -hmm. The second one, if the world, the world as a whole, will spend their money, their military money, and their defense budget money on education and prosperity of the world, we will absolutely have a better world. In addition, we are the Americans. We have been in war since World War II constantly, from Korea all the way to Iraq and Afghanistan. We've never been out of war since since World War II except for a few years. And what that means, we have shown our military might everywhere. And this is only to serve Mr. Trump's pride and Mr. Trump's show-off.
0: That's yeah. all what I think. Yeah, Bob, I'll take my answer
3: off the off, the, off the, on the air.
0: Thank you. Yeah, Bob, thanks very much for the for the call and the comments. Uh, I'm not sure about the constant war uh, illustration you're using there. I mean, I think there have been some short stretches where we weren't officially involved in a war, but but certainly uh, we have exercised uh, military uh, options in in many, many places uh, pretty consistently since World War II. So thanks again for the call and the comments. Uh, let's go to Kevin and Troy. Kevin, welcome to Detroit Today. Yes, thank uh-huh.
2: you. Uh, Stephen, uh, your guest uh, said something earlier that really struck a chord with me. I'm a disabled veteran, Navy veteran, and um, it really strikes me that Mr. Trump is showing extreme weakness in this case um, by trying to put on this parade, which seems more like a distraction than something to honor our veterans. If he's serious about honoring our veterans, I would think he would put some money and manpower and time towards helping uh, cut down on the number of suicides among among our population. Wow. It's, it's just a, a crisis on, on, of global proportions, and, and he wants to throw this – silly
0: ass parade. It just blows yeah. my mind. Yeah, Kevin. Again, uh, I really appreciate hearing uh, from vets like yourself about uh, this issue and and how they feel. Uh, I, th- I think that's a really really important dimension of this of this conversation and not what I've heard a whole lot about uh, since this was floated, uh, Scott Shane. You know, one of the things that occurs to me uh, is is the possibility that the president is just throwing this out there as. Uh, a distraction. It's not the. It wouldn't be the first time. I don't think that he he had done that. But in some ways, if if that's the case, it's almost a genius distraction in the sense that <laughs> he's gotten people worked up about a parade, uh, and and a, to be against a parade, uh, even if it's you know, especially if it's something that that's not really going to happen. Uh, I'm not sure that hurts him with his base uh, the way that that other people might think uh, might think it does.
1: No, I think that's right. I mean, this president seems to be very focused on and and maybe at some intuitive level sort of a master of symbols. So, he he, he I think hurt NFL attendance by attacking players who were kneeling yes. by turning it into an issue not about um, you know, police shootings which which is what sort of it began as. Um, but a, a, a test of patriotism. Mm-hmm. And here again, he's sort of manipulating a symbol to say, are you for a patriotic parade or are you against one? <laughs> right. and, uh, and and as you say, that, that probably, you know, I don't think it's going to have uh, appeal to a majority of Americans, but it's, but it's probably going to, once again, rally his base and allow them to, uh, think that, uh, you know, his critics are are not patriotic.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, thanks for the, the call, Kevin. Uh, we really appreciate that. Let's go to Connor in Waterford. Connor, welcome to Detroit today.
1: Hi there, Stephen. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. I just have a, a quick question or insertion in this conversation. I think that this notion, and I'm not pro parades here uh, in, this, in this context, but I think this notion that military parades are un-American is is a bit ahistorical. Um, I believe uh, George H.W. Bush, in the end of the Gulf War, had a military parade celebrating our victories. If you look at various periods of conflict in our history, World War One, World War Two, the Civil War, uh, even in the city, you saw
2: displays of military strength. And I'm wondering if we could insert that into the conversation, or if you and your caller could... Sure. Uh, your guest could address that. Sure, and Connor, I take
3: my answer off the air.
0: Connor, I appreciate the call and the questions. Uh, uh, I, I think we talked briefly about this before, but but there is a distinction between uh, the kind of parade that that President Trump is talking about, I think, and and uh, uh, parades that are held at the end of, of wars, which which is something that that has happened a lot in this country.
1: Yeah, there was actually. Um, the caller is absolutely right. There was at the end of the very brief uh Gulf War in in 91 um a national what they called a national victory celebration parade mm-hmm. in Washington and it, you know it it went before a reviewing stand where the president vice president and uh you know other sort of um, notables were watching and it cost 12 million dollars there was a big crowd um but it was that of course was the end of a war that at least at the time was viewed as successful right um, so you know I think part of I, I think if if um, if the troops were returning from um, Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, um, you know with with a general feeling on the part of the public that um, their work was over and mm-hmm. that they had uh, accomplished something remarkable, I think there'd probably be a lot of sentiment for a celebratory parade. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: I, I seem to remember also uh, when George H.W. Bush was president and, and insisting that we have that parade, part of that was in response to the idea that that did not happen, for instance, at the end of the Vietnam War, uh, uh, and that somehow those veterans had been disrespected by the absence of a parade. He, he wanted to make sure that the, that they were honored, and again, I think that the motivation there is really different from what we're talking about now uh, mm-hmm. with, with with Trump. Yeah.
1: yeah, this one seemed to be mostly about the president
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and his. Uh, he was very impressed by a parade on Bastille Day in in, in, uh, in Paris, and and he thought, "Hey, why don't we have one of those?" Uh, it was sort of a, you know, it obviously was not a fully thought through. Plan, um, you know, widely discussed with his aides. It was just something he he tossed out there, and I guess we'll we'll find out if it goes anywhere. Yeah.
0: Okay, Scott Shane, Washington D.C. based national security reporter for the New York Times. Moscow correspondent for The Baltimore Sun from 88 to 91 and author of a book on the Soviet collapse. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today.
1: Thanks, Stephen. Great to be with you. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Up next, we're going to talk with a historian about the history of military parades. And don't forget, if you miss any of today's conversation, you can download the Detroit Today podcast on iTunes. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Daniel in Detroit, Tom, in Northwest Detroit, we'll get to you. We'll be right back on Detroit Today.
3: News, music, culture, and community. Every day. Every day. Every day. On 1019
0: WDET.
3: Detroit's public radio station.
0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. What's the history of military parades and pageantry in the United States? When and why do we have these parades? And how do our parades differ from other nations and other forms of government? How does President Trump's interest in having a parade square with his predecessors? We're going to continue the conversation about this idea of a military parade in Washington, D.C., right now, with Ray Haberski. He is a professor of history and director of American studies at Indiana University Purdue in Indianapolis, author of God and War American Civil Religion Since 1945. Ray, welcome right. to Detroit today.
2: Well, thanks very much.
0: Yeah. So let's start with uh, just your reaction to this idea that the president has floated. And we should be clear, it is something that he just kind of floated throughout there, said, hey, I saw this in Paris. I thought this was pretty interesting. What if we did this in Washington? And of course, with anything that this president says, there's a highly politicized reaction to it, Uh, people who are in favor, people who are against. Uh, Ray, put this in, in some sort of historical American context. Yeah, I
2: think you know, with, with any sort of event like this, you have to think about um, how it fits into uh, the context of the period or the contingency of the time. And most military celebrations have to do with some sort of military event, whether it's the end of the war or the memorialization of a certain day or uh, the end, you know, the, the continuous uh, sort of like a calendar that we keep about military events, whether it's Memorial Day or Veterans Day. So this, this seems to come sort of out of left field. Uh, there's nothing that it seems to be connected to other than the idea of celebrating the the fact that uh, we have a military
0: yeah uh, but we do have parades and mm-hmm. pageantry in yep. this country that is a lo- is a, a big part of our history why is this why is this distinct or sort of I, I guess set aside from from that history
2: well I think part of it is that it, it's generated by almost solely at this point by the president. So it's been unusual to have something that comes uh, so solely top-down, right? Um, most other pageants or parades that have to deal with the military uh, come from either the fact that they're returning, actually returning soldiers, and this is a way to celebrate their return back to the United States, or it's a celebration that uh, comes from, from civic groups or other groups that feel it's necessary to unite the country around a particular moment, a particular ideal. So this, this feels different because it doesn't seem connected to any other group other than what what the president is is thinking in his own mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, if you're enjoying the conversation, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So that's 313-577-1019. Call and tell us what you think about the idea of a military parade in Washington, D.C. Would you like to see tanks and other military equipment? trundling down Pennsylvania (laughs) Avenue, for instance. Uh, 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 You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there. Uh, Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Pamela on Facebook says that money would be better spent on the VA. Also, this is the sort of thing I'd expect from a dictatorship. The USSR used to have lots of military parades driving missiles Mm -hmm. around Red Square. Is that Mm -hmm. what we've become? Laurie on Facebook says this is a pretty stupid an infantile idea, <laughs> but not outside the expectations I have for our extremely immature president, Lori yeah. and Pamela. Uh, we appreciate uh, those comments. Let's go back to the phones here. Uh, Daniel, Daniel in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Today.
3: Thank
1: you for having me on. You yeah. know, I think this is, uh, this is pretty ridiculous in the, uh, the deficit era that we live in. To even uh. think about spending 12 to $20 million on a parade— you know, the Democrats, and, and they've been fighting the
3: Democrats over the deficit for the last eight years when Obama was president. Sure. And now what are they, they're in control. What are they doing about the deficit? They're not even.
1: But this is ridiculous. They should be. If the, if the U.S. government was a business, they would have <laughs> had to have claimed bankruptcy years ago, and they would have to have a plan to get out of debt. Spending this kind of money Mm. in this day and age is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, Daniel, Mm -hmm. I think that's an important dimension of the conversation, too, is Mm -hmm. the the, the cost of this kind of thing and whether that's uh, appropriate at a time when you're also talking about deficits and, and talking about balance Balancing uh, the federal budget, Daniel, I All appreciate right. the the call. Uh, Ray, I want to read uh, uh, just a short excerpt from something you wrote on Huffington Post. Uh, mm-hmm. You said, the most respected institution in the nation is the yeah. military. Right. We our soldiers, fallen and living as national heroes for their willingness yeah. to sacrifice for America's civil religion. Perhaps mm-hmm. it's time to consider their service as something other the national martyrdom, for they uh-huh. fight, kill, and die for us and our government, not some abstract notion of the nation. War does not merely affirm the best of America, but also the worst. It remains our collective cross to bear. Uh, it's uh-huh. a really interesting perspective about this whole idea of how we show either appreciation for uh, those who serve, but, but also this idea uh-huh. of showing the strength that we yeah. have from the, uh-huh. the, those who serve.
2: I mean, it's complicated, right? I mean, uh, one of the things that's really interesting since the 80s is that the institution that most Americans, when they're polled, trust is the military. But it's also an institution that's become less and less uh, populated by um, you know, a large number of Americans. Mm-hmm. It's become basically professional force. It's fairly small. Uh, fewer and fewer Americans per capita are a part of it. And so itself almost becomes in sort of an abstraction. You know, we, we think about the military not in terms of who we know in it, but as this thing that defends uh, the collection of ideals. Yeah. And so I understand what Trump is doing to a certain extent, right? He is he's trying to hitch his popularity or his, his, the perception people have of him to the military. And other presidents have certainly done that. I think Reagan was extremely effective. Uh, creating a connection between himself and uh, the military even though he didn't serve
0: hmm mm-hmm. uh, and it would be the same thing with this president who did not
2: uh, uh, there's serve. no doubt about it and and you know if he's if he's searching for a way to get him get him, sort of rise above sort of the the, the rancor in Washington DC I mean is he going to associate himself with Republicans I mean as the caller just said it's there are plenty of people who would <laughs> who would say the Republicans <laughs> have have um, have nothing good uh, to offer the United States at this point. Is he going to you know, uh, associate himself with Congress? Is he going to do with the courts? All these other institutions, even businesses, right? Uh, the stock market's going up and down these days. All these other institutions, people have a lot of problem with. The one they don't seem to have that much of a problem with is the military. So it's not surprising that Trump would want to push this sort of idea, especially at a time when, other things are not getting done, or he's going to have to start compromising on some things to get Congress to move legislation through.
0: Right. Uh, John on Twitter says, if gone about correctly, it would appeal to a large portion of Americans. The right. New York Times, not in a million years. I think there uh, that that sort of cuts to the fundamental cleave, I guess, that the president is trying, I think, to highlight here, which is that— now, a lot of people would be all about the idea of a parade, but those are not necessarily the people uh, that we in, in mainstream media, uh, you know, uh, would, would, uh, would be reflective of, right? Uh, this idea that yeah. we're sort of set apart from, from that part of America in many ways.
2: Well, I don't think Trump is interested in, in the debate that it might, you know, uh, might create, right? It might inspire what he's interested is is simply in the, the pageantry of it, uh-huh. right? the, the symbolic effect of it. But at the same time, we have lots of other uh, times of the year, the calendar year, where we talk about what the military is or the wars that America is still involved in. And I think it's actually going to be a real trick for, for Trump to pull it off if he has something like this and, we, and he doesn't spark the kind of debate that he wants to avoid. So I think, you know, the the person who wrote on Facebook is – is right to a certain extent that lots of people in the United States sort of initially might find um, supporting the troops to be something that, that many Americans would, would want. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, let's, uh, the New York Times is not, uh, its editorial page is not you know, distinct or distant from the rest of the American population. It's engaged in what people are thinking about. And it's, it's, it's interested in the kind of debates that Americans have about these large issues. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing that Trump doesn't want is for the New York Times to question. Uh, why a, a military parade might happen and there, thereby sparking the debate among the population
0: that he's trying to appeal. That he's trying to, to that's yeah. right. Uh, let's go to Tom. Tom in Royal Oak, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Um, Hi, I'm
2: an active duty service member and I just wanted to bring up a, a, a pretty important point, um, especially with the Army and that all of our systems and soldiers uh, down to like the rifle or, or be it a tank, are kind of tracked um, for readiness on a, uh, a, a planned-out cycle that's planned out for years in advance. And if you're mm-hmm. going to divert uh, uh, you know, a battalion or a bunch of yep. tanks to go to Washington, D.C. to participate in a parade, it's going to have a significant opportunity cost on what you're doing otherwise, you know, be it a maintenance cycle or a training cycle, and getting soldiers ready to deploy overseas to Iraq, Afghanistan, or, or elsewhere in the mm-hmm. world. Hmm. So it wouldn't be unfeasible to see something where, you know, people that are deployed right now yeah. would have to stay overseas longer in order for the people, you that's know, units really in the state to complete that's right. this uh, parade. Wow. That's right.
0: Tom, that's a good that's point. And the, yeah, go That's ahead.
2: why often, you know, these parades are created by civic organizations for people who are either retired or they're veterans or things like that. And it's, it's not for people who are active duty necessarily unless they're coming back from the conflict.
0: Right. Right. Uh, Tom, that's a great point. I'm really glad uh, you called and made it. And it's something that uh, that I would not have known because I'm not uh, an active duty uh, service member and never have been. Uh, Maurice in Chesterfield. Maurice, welcome to Detroit today.
3: I was wondering, um, are they still at war in Afghanistan?
0: Yes. uh, Yes, we are. Yes.
3: And then that's the reason why we should never have no parade. if we still got um, Army veterans and everybody else that's still at war. Then I can understand, like it just seems that every time the Democrats leave a good surplus or leave a good economy, then the Republicans come right along and <laughs> start abusing it.
0: Yeah, well, I think I think, <laughs> there is there is a record there, Maurice, yeah. to, to to discuss. Uh, certainly, that's what happened. When uh, George W. Bush was uh, elected in uh, 2000, uh, he was left, uh, you know, in econ- a budget that was that was balanced and and sort of left it unbalanced. Uh, but this idea that we shouldn't have a parade while people are serving abroad right. in a convoy, I, yeah. I I I think that's a different question that I'm not sure we've we've addressed. Is that something that that gets considered when we when we do things like this, or should it uh, be considered? <sighs>
2: Well, there's a discordant to the, I mean, the idea that we're having a military parade for we don't really know why, right? But there are times of the you know, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, we do have parades where people who have been uh, in, in, in the service march, right? They have a reason to be there, and we have a reason to discuss why we're celebrating uh, the military. This is so, uh, such a disjuncture, such a, it's so discordant from the, the usual moments that we talk about the military, that is going to seem like the military doesn't know why it's involved. Uh, the Amer- I mean, right, we're having all these discussions now about right. the military. Right? You know, thank Trump for this. Now we're talking about how long we've been in Afghanistan, what we're still doing in the Middle East. Uh, we're talking about how many active duty members we actually have. Yeah. We're talking about the makeup of the of, of the, the services. So I think it's actually been interesting so far that he just floated this idea, and it's it's an, it's sparked this huge discussion about the role of the military uh, in American affairs. Yeah.
0: Okay. Ray Haberski, professor of history and director of American studies at Indiana University, Purdue University in Indianapolis, author of God and War, American Civil Religion since 1945. Thanks very much for being with us on Detroit Today. Yeah, thank you. Okay. All right. Up next, we are going to talk about the future of regional transit here in southeast Michigan. Now that talks to put a transit millage on the 2018 ballot seem to be falling apart. Stay with us on Detroit Today.